Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Art and Design of Sci-Fi and Fantasy, Mystery and Horror. This week I speak with uh, game developer, game producer Molly Glover who works for uh, Fantasy Flight Games. Uh, we talk about uh, her inspirations, how she got into uh, the gaming industry. We talk about the gaming industry in general, about educational games, um, and that sort of thing. So, definitely, if you're into games, board games, video games, uh, LARPing, any kind of games, uh, you'll find this interesting as far as uh, the direction the industry is going and how uh, you can get involved as well if you want to. All right, thanks and enjoy. I'm here at Escape Velocity 2018 with Molly Glover, game producer. Uh, thank you for speaking with me. Oh, thank you very much. Um, it's my honor. So, tell me how you uh, got into this. Where does the story start? Okay, uh, so I was working at a store called Marvel's The Brain Store, which is a game uh, store chain. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was just had a mall job, was working, uh, you know, 20 hours a week demoing games and things for people. And my friend, who worked at FFG at the time, said there was a position opening in the sales department. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think I would get it. I didn't think there was any way. But uh, I applied, and they liked me, and I got the job. Mm -hmm. And so I spent four years in sales. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I talked to my boss and decided I, I had other skills that I didn't feel were getting used. Uh, I'm really good at copy editing, proofreading, project management. And so I moved over into product development and became a game producer. Mm -hmm. And that was about three years ago or so. Okay. So stepping further back yeah. as a kid, you know, yeah. what got you into all this to begin with? So I have been a very uh, geeky and solitary child since I was little. Really, honestly, I think since the day I was born. Uh, and I had a brother who's like two and a half years younger than me. And uh, so we grew up, you know, playing a lot of games together. Mm. Uh, but I also played a lot of games on my own. And so I would make up games mm. for myself. Uh, you know, the usual, like the floor is lava things, but then other things with more specific rules and a lot of big imaginative narratives. Mm. Uh, my brother and I created games for the neighborhood kids to play, mm. uh, one of which was, we called it uh, Pound Puppies mm. at Work, where uh. we were all the different pound puppies, and we were using the swing set to power our spaceship. Mm. So we needed two people on the swings, and someone had to be digging sand, and then someone's job was to go down the slide to create kinetic energy that powered the engines. And, oh, you know, God. it was super weird. And, like, just that kind of thing, I think, got me into the geek world and into the idea of how games create narratives that really inspire you to go on in your life. So, I mean, I guess that. <laughs> so it sounds like back then you were exploring all kinds of game, you know, like... Yeah. Actually participate, you know, almost like performance. We were little LARPers, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. absolutely. So... So was it more, did you do more outdoor stuff or indoor, like just sitting down and late into the night, you know? We did a lot of outdoor stuff, when the, obviously, when the sun was up, because my yeah. mom would just be like, get out of here, you're making me crazy, two little hyperactive kids, like, get... But uh, <laughs> we played a lot of board games. We played a lot of Monopoly and Risk and Stratego. Mm -hmm. uh, we really liked uh, playing... My mom brought home, like, a mini casino set, mm -hmm. so we liked playing yeah. uh, craps and slots and roulette a lot, huh. so we played with those and things and kind of learned about probability that way. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, so I really just... And then when I got to be a little older, like 12 or 13, is when I started getting into uh, the idea of LARPing even more. Like, I really liked... I liked role play, I guess, is more maybe the better way to put it. I really enjoyed embodying a character. Mm -hmm. And so when I got to be an adult and played games like Arkham Horror mm -hmm. and some other games that really, you know, where you really are taking on a role, mm -hmm. I just loved it. And I was like, these are my games. These are for people like me mm -hmm. who really want to be like, 
my guy is this and like so he's he's got two guns and you know i'm gonna yeah it was just super fun <laughs> yeah so would you say you're more of a, a words person or a numbers person or you know how, how what was that I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm more of a words person. I, I'm good with numbers, but uh, words is where I really shine. I, I love I, my degrees are in theater and English, mm-hmm. so I really mm-hmm. like uh, I like writing and I like performing mm-hmm. the written word as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things that drew me to fantasy flight games specifically mm-hmm. were the ways in which they take flavor text, mm-hmm. and there's so much flavor text in their games, and it really it informs the mechanics, but it's not like it's not the only it's not not just a game full of fluff like there are still hardcore mechanics at work that work in conjunction with the flavor mm. so that's what i really love so as far as all the skills that you said you brought to the table for fantasy flight how did you develop those like what was your uh i started reading really young i taught myself to read when i was two and a half mm. uh and became a voracious reader it's just one of those things i have autism and one of the ways it's manifested in me is that my reading is off the charts like I was reading at a 12th grade level when I was in second grade Mm. so my mom was just giving me tons of stuff to read anything Mm. I could get my hands on I wanted to read lots of huge novels Stephen King books especially Mm. John Grisham like anything with like more than 800 pages was I loved and so I think reading a lot helped me develop a sense of uh, you know how words go together and grammar Mm. you know and style and I just that love of words really worked its way into my high school studies my college studies I was just really into grammar, mm. proofreading. I just have a knack for seeing errors in the written word, so mm. I'm really good at proofreading just naturally. Yeah. So I think that's it's when you love it and it comes comes to you naturally and you're good at it, mm. it it's really easy to translate that into a career skill. Yeah. So when I think about words and like card games, the one thing I, that comes to mind is people will sometimes argue over what does this rule mean? You know, like does this, you know, can you do this in this circumstance? Do you find that your skills allow you to think through future problems with cards working together or Oh yeah. yeah, I'm a total rules lawyer. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, I actually sit in the office with our tech writer, mm. and uh, a lot of us are also really we're very verbal and and good you know word skills, and so we will spend I'm not exaggerating hours arguing over the specific wording of a rule or a card ability to make sure that you're future proofing too, because you'll say like okay, so now hold on, if we say you know anytime you move you know blah 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 happens, is that if a card makes you move, is that if you're using a move action what happens if you get moved by something else what if it's not your turn so like we really talk through all this stuff mm. with a mind to expansions even if we know this game doesn't have any expansions planned we want to leave that design space open right. so yeah I think it's really important to make sure that you've got things down specifically okay and so now as far as I get I don't want to say games is mostly a guy thing oh yeah but do you feel like being a woman in the industry is that was there any kind of obstacles or anything you had to overcome? Or? Yeah, not so much. Like, FOG has always been really inclusive in the tiring, so I never felt like within my company I had that problem. Mm-hmm. But definitely when I was in sales, you know, there were people I would meet, uh, whether they were, you know, end users or other clients who would, you know, maybe say things that are like, you know, oh, you're too pretty to be in games, or like, you know, oh, I want to talk to someone who worked on this. It's like, oh, that's me, I worked on this. It's like, yeah. no, I want to talk to someone who, like, really worked on it. You're like, flip the book open. Like, that's my name right there. Like, who did this? It's like, eh, I guess I just want to talk to one of the guys that worked on it. And you're like, oh, I see. I see. So 
Mm. It, but that's gotten a lot better, even mm. in the last few years. Mm. I think as more women uh, are vocal about being a part of the hobby, mm. as uh, more games are inclusive in their gender and pronouns, which helps a lot. Like, it can be a little demoralizing to read an entire RPG book and everything is he, mm. you know. But it, at the same time, I hate to say we're a little used to it. Mm. So yeah. I think that I mean I'm, we're here at Escape Velocity. There's gender parity. I'm seeing as yeah. many women as men, and that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That is not usually the case, and Gen Con 2 has been like that lately. Yeah. It's just really exciting. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that too recently, And but like you say, it's not too long ago that, yeah. there, were, that there were issues. So um, you actually mentioned something. It, it inspired another question that I'm kind of... Uh, oh, so you mentioned a lot of your influences are... I hear a lot of horror and a lot of like real real life thriller like yeah. how about the your sci-fi and fantasy and you know how much yeah, were you yeah. into that uh, I was obviously super into Star Wars as a okay. kid I feel like that's such a maybe it's not obvious for everyone else but as a geek you know mm. uh, I'm a huge Marvel geek mm. I started reading Marvel comics and other comics when I was young mm. uh, so that's a big influence on me in terms of uh, other science fiction I read Asimov I really love my mom's a huge Star Trek fan so we watched a lot of original Star Trek growing up mm. uh, I also think that I, I've always been interested in science in general mm. and even like books like my, I read a lot of Michael Crichton, you know, like right, things right. like that that are like fiction in the world of, you know, medical science. Medical science fascinated me. Yeah. I wanted to be a forensic pathologist until I was about 10. Mm. Uh, and I found out that we were going to have to dissect a cat in in uh, high school for like that anatomy class. And I didn't think I could handle that. So didn't do it. But okay. uh, I've always been really fascinated by like the biological sciences, especially. Mm -hmm. uh, but right now, like I'm, I love the Expanse books. Mm. I've been reading those a lot. Okay. Um, and in terms of fantasy, I never really got into Lord of the Rings, but I read, uh, and at least not until I was an adult, but as a child I read, uh, uh, what is it, Dragonlance. I okay, read a lot right. of Dragonlance, and yeah. so, like, like, and I had a lot of friends who played D&D &D mm -hmm. and talked about it. They never invited me, but, you know, I, I got, no, it was hard being yeah. a girl in, like, 1980s when you're a kid, and it's like, I just want to join your games, and they're like, no, but this is our guy time. You're like, I guess, like, I get it, I get it, uh, so, now I play D&D plenty. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, good, you're making yeah. up for... Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I was going to ask if it was because... So you did ask. It wasn't because you were shy and you didn't ask. No, no, I am not shy. That is not a thing. I'm okay. an introvert, but I'm not shy. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I, but I also like being alone. So uh, that's one of, another thing. I love how many solo games are out yeah. this year. You know, mm -hmm. and and in this modern board gaming world, like almost any game, if you can't play it solo, you can figure out a way to play mm -hmm. both sides. And like, right. I just as a person who's always liked being alone, I think that's really it's really cool that we're getting that niche met. Mm -hmm. Now, how about uh, video games and that sort of thing? I played a lot of video games, okay. yeah. So you did that uh, yeah, well, my brother and I played a lot of video games. Uh, we grew up, you know, when Nintendo first came out, you know, so we had that. And Game Boy, I played, like, I'm a huge, I've got an Animal Crossing sticker and a Zelda sticker on my car. Like, I, yeah, video games are probably my first love, I think, in terms of gaming. Mm -hmm. And so it was, I came to board games as a video gamer. Mm -hmm. And so I think that dynamic sense of, you know, uh, uh, you know, I like turn-based stuff, and that helps with board games. You know, mm -hmm. if you're into turn-based strategy games like Jagged Alliance, yeah. I played a lot of those. And mm -hmm. yeah, I just think I think I love games. I just love playing stuff. <laughs> Fictional yeah. worlds are really my my go-to. 
Have you ever done the uh, email games? Those are really no, I didn't do those, but I was. So I was. Uh, I was on uh, Citadel BBSs back in the day when it was okay. all dial in. Yeah. And I played a lot of door games yeah. like Legend of the Red Dragon. I actually still play it on a, a web client that people oh. have, and uh-huh. yeah, like text based games like that are were super fun. So uh-huh. but I never played the email ones. I, I have some okay. friends trying to start up an email Civ game, but oh, really? yeah. <laughs> I guess those are still around. Yeah. But not. But yeah, it's hard. Yeah, no one wants to host them anymore, really. Yeah, yeah, and they are kind of slow, slow paced. Yeah, the only, I never got into muds. That was probably the only like kind of gaming I didn't really do. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we played a lot of Legend of the Red Dragon. <laughs> okay, well, which muds? I'm not familiar. I don't. They're like it's like multi. I don't even know. Like I just know some people who have mentioned them. They were uh, they were like a type of board and game. I think like mm-hmm. like back before before the internet as we know it. Mm-hmm. Back when like. You know, you had CompuServe and, you know, Prodigy, but not a whole lot of, you know, AOL yet. <laughs> okay. All right. So tell me about the, uh, not necessarily about Fantasy Flight, but yeah. just the, the board game industry, the gaming industry right now. What, what do you see? I see a lot of narrative coming into games. Uh, I see a lot of uh, really inventive mechanics, like... Uh, like Tartarstone and, and really inventive ways of like telling the rules to a game. Yeah. Lots of the legacy stuff is so cool right now. I think that's that that catching on is really neat. Mm. Uh, I see a lot of young people, which is great because I think that like while it's really awesome that we have all these you know paragons from gaming that have been around since you know the 60s and 70s. Obviously, like we need a new generation in, and so mm. seeing like. 14 and 15 year old kids who are like I have an idea for a game mm. coming up to us at Gen Con and being like I have an idea for a game and it's like that's great like that makes me super excited Yeah. so it seems like there's you know there's a lot of licensed stuff also going around but I think you know we're not going to lose sight of you know the the individual and indie gaming mm. Kickstarter has, has a lot to do with that there's a right. lot of really, people who are you know maybe wouldn't have gotten published before because it's harder to sell your game to a big company but now they're able to kind of make their own little game company right Using crowdsourcing, so yeah. So what do you? So yeah, it is awesome to see all the ideas proliferation of ideas, and but. I think what that also means is that there's going to be less money for each game. You know, it's hard to make a living. That's true. That's it. true. I so. think this, yeah, and maybe maybe that what this this hobby industry is going to be just that for a lot of people is you know a, a thing that they do that they can't necessarily quit their day job, but maybe they don't have to have some full time desk job anymore, mm-hmm. and they can you know just do some work here and there and and on games and be able to just work part time mm-hmm. for someone else until they can work for themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think. You know, entertainment as a luxury product is getting more and more money every year. We see incredible growth in all industries, movies, video games, you know. Not, and I don't know if it's a bubble and it's going to burst or if it's just that there are more people and they have more leisure time as we automate more processes, you know, like more and more things are able, gives us more time to need to spend doing what we want. So entertainment is just going to keep growing. Yeah. So what about um, board games and education, you know, as far do you, do you you see that growing or has that been steady how's that i think that's growing uh we actually we've seen a lot here at escape velocity there's been uh they have like a discovery dome there's like a mobile classroom thing and like i've seen people using board games as a way to teach uh, like coordination and strategic thinking. This was something we did at Marbles, actually, was they have uh, categories that they every game they sell has to meet has to like meet one of these categories and it's, it was like coordination and like uh, st- strategic thinking there was something about like the ability to like logic. So we're really teaching kids a lot when you're teaching them about 
you know, planning your turn. And even some of those games that seem really dumb and silly, like the one that has whipped cream on the hand and, you know, it's a timer and it hits you in the face or stuff. Like, yeah. there's, you know, I used to play Perfection as a kid, the one with all the pieces in the grid uh -huh. that has a timer. And if the timer goes off, it pops and all the pieces yeah. go everywhere. Okay. Yeah, my mom gave me that because I didn't have very good fine motor skills. And so that was a good way to practice putting shapes and you learn lots of little things. It's so it's, it's kind of it's almost insidious in a in a is there a positive word for insidious? Yeah. <laughs> like you know it's it's uh, yeah. it's hidden. It's a, it's a subliminal way to, to get kids into using their brains in ways that school may not be using them. Mm -hmm. So I think education and board games have a long way to still a good relationship. How do you you know, because, you know, where do pe where does the, the average, lay you know, gamers can come to these conventions and stuff, but yeah. where's the average person who doesn't come to conventions, where do they find, these are useful tools, I agree, yeah. for education, but... You know, where, where do you find when you go to toy stores? Are you going to find them? Where are people finding them? Amazon. Yeah. I, I don't Amazon know. is a, Amazon is a reasonable place, honestly, because most companies are are listing their things with them. Yeah. You do have to be careful because there's a lot of uh, counterfeiting going on on Amazon right now, oh. which has been weird. Uh, but we, I would say. Almost any town has a local game store. It may be a 20, 30 mile drive, but there's usually a local game store. So just honestly, get on Google and search for game store near me and see what pops up. Uh, there's a ton of them, brick and mortar stores, uh, where you can go in and actually try the games and see them. Yeah. Uh, also, there are you know companies like like Fantasy Flight, Asmodee is one of them. If you write to them and you know say that you work for a school and you're looking for some games, like a lot of these bigger companies, they have programs where they can send you a few games. You know, it's part of their marketing and event stuff. So I definitely recommend uh, writing to companies that you have that have a game that you want to teach or uh, talking to other gamers on online communities like BoardGameGeek.com. Yeah. Uh, there's Facebook pages for all kinds of things and out there. It's, we're in a really connected world even though we may not live, you know, near a convention or be able to afford to go to one. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it makes me think like the example you gave of yourself in the game Perfection. Yeah. You know, I, I could never imagine, as useful as it is, I could never imagine a parent taking their child to a doctor and the doctor prescribing. <laughs> Play this game. No, things are no. I mean, they, what they what might happen is you go to occupational therapy if you've got certain conditions, right? Yeah. Like autism is one. Some other developmental things, you know. And then you see that's what they're doing, yeah. and it's like, oh, that's what we should be doing. But I think, you know, honestly, mm. I, I hate to pitch it again, but Marvel's the Brain Store is a great. If you have one of those in your area, mm. and they're mostly Chicago and Midwest, I think. But those are great. Uh, but there's a lot of game stores that have an educational focus. So, mm. you know, educational game stores near me is another good one. You know, there's. Okay. There are more stores out there that have a focus on games for kids that aren't just like roll-in moves like Candyland. Mm -hmm. And there's still benefit to roll-in moves like Candyland. I mean, you're yeah. still teaching a kid the structure of rules and there's taking your turn and all of that is is, is good learning. Yeah, insidious. Insidious, yes. Positively again. insidious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so... Um, what are your inspirations right now, you know, as you work and game, and, you know? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I most of my inspiration, I would say, comes from the stuff I read uh, and, you know, and just kind of, like, and people I talk to, you know, like talking to people at conventions like this is great because most gamers are totally happy to share their opinion with you about 
your game or another game or what they're playing. Uh, playing more games is a great way to get inspiration. Uh, I just, I, like, my husband and I have been playing Charterstone, and it's super crazy and fun. Uh, I really enjoy it. I like uh, I like to read a lot. I like I read a lot of I've been reading expanse books like I said. Mm. I read a lot of uh, I read a lot of uh, I don't really a lot of nonfiction. So mm. you know, for me, it's just sometimes what'll inspire me can be you know just like reading a book and being like, huh. I wonder what would happen if, you know, I'm going down a path of, of uh, imaginary scenarios and then suddenly you find inspiration somewhere in there. It's yeah. Inspiration's a weird thing because it, it yeah. just kind of comes. You can't really hunt it. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So when you were a kid, did you have a superpower or tech device that you really wanted? Oh, man. I wanted teleportation. Yeah. Teleportation to me, I feel, is the best because I, I hated being in a car. I hated traveling. Like, getting places was so boring. I just wanted to be at the place already. So yeah. I think I think teleportation is still, even now, is still, like, yeah. like I'm thinking about my flight home to Minneapolis and I'm like, oh, yeah. I wish I could just push a button and be there. It would save yeah. so much time. That's a popular one, actually. I never yeah. thought it would be but yeah. yeah I mean flight's okay but why fly when you can just teleport yeah that's true <laughs> um, so is there just looking at your future goals is there a, a, a game or something you'd love to design you know some big idea you have in your head for the future not really honestly like I, I'm not much of a designer when I've designed it's been like hey we're going to put you on this project and you're going to design stuff and then it's easier because the, the project is there you know and then it's my job to you know design in those parameters uh, mostly what my my big thoughts are I do a lot of project management so I have some good big organizational thoughts of like ways that we can you know kind of make everything work a little better within the company uh-huh. um, but most I also I am a I'm a professional comedian in my spare time Time, oh, okay. And I do performing out at our local Renaissance Festival. Oh, okay. So I get a lot of my creativity outlet is you know is there mm-hmm. because uh, at Fantasy Flight mostly what I'm doing is project management and which I love and I find to be very creative and fulfilling mm-hmm. uh, because it, I help the developers have the chance to be more creative because I'm taking off their plate the scheduling and the budgets and the worrying about deadlines and mm-hmm. I can just say hey you have until Friday to work on this and they don't have to worry about when it's due they know I'm going to tell them <laughs> so th- uh, what you mentioned organizational yeah. ideas can you imagine gaming game production in order to get it better by like gaming things yeah we totally do that we make jokes all the time about okay we got to gamify this like like how can we how can we make this fun you know so that people want to do it like how can we make it so that you know tracking your time you know is actually more of a game than than anything else like achievements right so there's a good way like my boss hands out hands out achievement stickers for if you track your time accurately for the whole week you know there's little things like that we do we have uh we have we have little mini games that we play within the company just to pass time sometimes it's it's pretty great like okay. it's, it's a really fun place to work do you think any of these ideas can be translated into non-gaming industries I think there's a possibility for it I think non-gaming industries more than anything should be gamifying a lot of what they do yeah. because you know when people get bored they leave yeah. that's that's just the human condition yeah. when we get bored with something we want to move on to the next thing that isn't boring and so yeah. if you can keep your employees engaged yeah. like a really great way to do that is to come up with ways to gamify like you know like, like I said you know there's a reason people People do Xbox achievements, right? Like, yeah. the, it's not just completionists. It's, it's a great feeling when you do a thing and you didn't even know you were doing it, and it's like achievement. Like, 
super awesome kick. You're like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing, but I guess I did that. And you feel a little good about yourself. So yeah. I think applying those aspects to daily life, especially the nine to five grind, mm-hmm. is is super important. Yeah, I think if you can gamify the the weekly. Uh, the weekly meetings. Yeah, you know. totally. <laughs> yeah, roll, roll for initiative. Yeah. Okay, no, nope. Derek gets to talk because he's got an initiative of five. <laughs> uh, oh, but Marcy's got a plus two modifier on her conference call here, so yeah. she gets the phone first. Like, yeah, you could totally do that. Oh, that would make it so much more fun. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, so that's all the questions I have. Do you have Great. any final words or thoughts? I guess just, just keep playing. You know, like I think that so many people as we get older I mean I'm 40 so I but people as we get older we we, we stop playing mm-hmm. we forget how important it is not just for our sense of you know oh I like my life but it's important for your brain mm-hmm. it's important to it, it helps fight off Alzheimer's it helps stave yeah. off other kinds of dementia mm-hmm. like your brain is always forging neural pathways but if you mm-hmm. don't keep forging them they mm-hmm. prune and they die yeah. so play have fun learn new things take risks and buy board games <laughs> yeah 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 buy more and more of them yeah cool so yeah thanks for thank you that. so much it's been great thank you for listening one of the best ways in which you can provide feedback for this podcast is to rate me on iTunes. Uh, please give me a good rating if you like this, or uh, feel free to give me a bad rating if you didn't, and I'll use that feedback to hopefully make this a better podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram under Chris Alvarez Sci-Fi, on Facebook under Chris Alvarez WLC, on YouTube under Chris Alvarez WLC and on Twitter under Chris Alvarez WLC you can also get more information on my website chrisalvarez.com please remember my name Chris does not have an H so it's C-R-I-S-A-L-V-A-R-E-Z dot com Thanks for listening and keep imagining the future.